You know how important it is to put good fuel in your car. Well, you need good fuel for your body, too. You know, colds and flus and all kinds of things are rampant. And if you have real good immunity, you're going to have better resistance to those infections. And what fuels that? Foods do it. And there's something even more serious. Your immune system also can reduce your risk of cancer. So we're going to tackle all of that on today's program because we have found that people on plant-based diets have advantages when it comes to immune strength, seeking out those viruses and cancer cells and knocking them out. In today's program, Dr. Steve Niebuhr and nurse practitioner Gretchen Housel will dig into the science and show you how to put it to work. So thanks for joining us. On to the program. You're listening to The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. I am Chuck Carroll, the weight loss champion. Be sure to give the show a follow on Twitter at PCRM. Now, my next guest is one that I've been really looking forward to speaking with this gentleman for some time. I was passed along his story by somebody else who works here at the Physicians Committee, and I said, wow, if there was ever a perfect guest for the show it would be this guy. So with that, I welcome to the program, Dr. Charlie Ross. How are you today? Hey, I'm doing really good out here in Oregon. And you have been a physician for 40 years. Now you're an assistant professor at uh, Western University. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And I started in a small rural town, Oak Ridge, Oregon, was my first practice. Became boarded in family practice. And then uh, transitioned into emergency medicine, become mm -hmm. boarded in uh, emergency medicine, which I practiced uh, for an additional 30 years. And after uh, I had been practicing uh, both uh, specialties, after about 35 years or so, I, my life was changed by Sanjay Gupta. Let's, yeah, let's talk about that because that really seems to be like a complete 180 to go from emergency medicine to now teaching a more, I guess I'll call it holistic or preventative medicine. Yeah, so I had been a physician a long time and I thought I knew what was healthy eating and healthy exercise and uh, I was doing that for myself and for my patients, but actually I found out I was wrong and right. I just couldn't... Uh, for C, just eating plants. I used to laugh at people who were eating salads for lunch and stuff. I, I had no clue what was healthy nutrition. I had no uh, training in nutrition uh, in my medical training. Now, that, that type so, of diet, is that commonplace in, in the ER? Because I know that that's high-stress environment where you don't have a lot of downtime, so it's kind of grab-and-go, isn't it? Yeah, so basically I'm eating all day long and I'm grabbing all the cookies and donuts and brownies that people are leaving around in the break room. I'm never satisfied. I'm always hungry. And um, uh, boy, uh, when my wife asked me to, do, to change to uh, what um, was being recommended on this whole food plant-based diet, my resistance was changed because my wife's... Um, my, her dad died of a heart attack when he was 41. It was his first heart attack. He never had a second chance. Her mom had had a bypass. Her brother had had a bypass. And I said to myself, you know, I could do this for her for a month. And if it works, she could keep doing it. And then I'll, you know, eat how I want to eat. 
But at the end of a month, I had lost 10 pounds. My cholesterol had dropped from the 230, 240 range down to 148. It's down mm. to 135 now without any pills. I was feeling so good and never hungry for one day. I was always filled up by eating whole food, plant-based. And at that point, I got so excited, I started telling other people that I worked with about what I was doing. My neighbor crossed the street, his son got off of uh, statin medication because wow. he chose to do this. A nurse's husband uh, started losing weight uh, and then getting off of his high blood pressure medicine. And after about a year, I had about four people that I knew personally who had had significant life-changing events, just as I was having in my life. And at that point, I said, you know, I need to give up uh, this emergency medicine, stop pulling people out of the river who are drowning, and prevent them from falling in the river by doing some preventive uh, education. So I quit emergency medicine, and I started a lifestyle medicine practice in my hometown of Roseburg, Oregon. I, I want to go back to your, your diet before. You didn't want to give up French fries. Or you didn't want to give up ice cream. You had that whole grab-and-go mentality. Were you aware that maybe your body wasn't feeling 100%? Were you aware that you could be feeling so much better? As a, as a doctor, I would think that you'd be pretty in touch with your own health. Actually, I think I was pretty clueless. Um, hmm. uh, you know, unless you practice mindfulness you tend to be pretty mindless about a lot of things in this world. And, you know, I had read and kept up on the literature, uh, done everything for my certifications and all that stuff, but really there is, was no science evidence-based training other than maybe uh, Dr. Ornish's study uh, where he showed you could get cardiac reversal. And I just blew that off as that you know, that you're taking over a whole person's life with a plant-based meal and uh, yoga and meditation and group therapy and exercise. And I didn't have time for all that in my mind. And so I said, if I couldn't do it myself, I couldn't uh, encourage my patients to do it. So um, my diet was, uh, I was actually doing the zone diet. I thought that sounded great. This 40, 30, 30, it sounded scientific to me, but I never really looked at any science. And, um, you know, I was living under a lot of myths. Uh, the myths of needing more protein to be healthy, uh, the myth that milk does a body good, um, <laughs> the milk that you have to eat animal products if you're going to get adequate nutrition. Uh, I lived under those myths uh, for years until uh, I chose to do something different. We watched the movie Forks Over Knives, uh, and then we changed our life. And uh, whoa, what a difference it's made. So. so yeah, so you you change your life, and then you you actually start teaching classes. And I understand that uh, your classes became so popular they they began expanding. Is that right? Yeah. So we started out our first class. I started actually working with a rural health clinic, and I asked them, you know, I'd like to do something different, change how medicine is practiced. You know, I've been a doctor for years, had these one-on-one -on -one visits with people, and they never seemed to get better. And uh, what actually worked for me is to actually change the food that I was eating. And so I want to teach people to do that. And I want to uh, have a, sec a session on exercise. And I want to do an hour on stress management and really treat the whole person, do lifestyle medicine. So the clinic said, well, you could do that for a few hours. 
for the week, but we really want you to see patients in the real doctor way. Right. And so I, I agreed to do that. And I started out in those classes. We started with three people, the very first class that I held. And then uh, they had such benefit. The next class, uh, 20 people came. And this was a series of about 18 classes. I used the CHIP program initially to uh, get started, and people didn't really want to pay uh, for their health. So what I did is I looked around online, and I went to the Physician Committee for Responsible Medicine, and that's, you know, Neil Barnard's uh, uh, lectures. He had a series of 17 or 18 lectures, which I incorporated into the class, one each class. And then I got some TED Talks, and so I put that together, and they were all free, so I didn't have to charge anybody anything. As soon as I didn't have to charge, the class sizes went to 40, and then 80, and then 135. Did this twice, two classes a week, one in the afternoon, one in the evening for the people who were working. And man, over the last uh, four years, the classes have gone from three people to now over 700 people have wow. taken those classes. As a result of that, uh, the Blue Zone Project looked at Roseburg and uh, decided that Roseburg should now be one of the Blue Zone Projects. And for those who are unfamiliar, Blue Zone are those areas on Earth that uh, have the longest uh, lifespan. Is it, that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell, correct? Correct. They live into their 90s and 100s. Um, by 10 times as many people around them, and they live the longest, and then they're the healthiest people. And the net effect on that was so quick. I mean, that's, that's just incredible. Were you expecting such a, a rapid turnaround? Ab actually, I was not. I was totally amazed. And, and, you know, I live now. I just wanted to show you briefly what has happened because of those classes. Sure. I used to live making money and paying my bills. I don't have to do that anymore, but this is what I live for now. These are cards and letters and emails from people whose lives have literally been changed at no cost to them. Actually, they pay less for their food bill now. And wow. it's improved their health by getting off of pills, by losing weight. Um, their moods have improved. They've even gotten off of pain pills and anti-anxiety pills. And, and uh, one of the biggest areas, I've had a few people even with uh, erectile dysfunction that the wife or husband has told me, thank you for allowing them to have a sex life again. It's, wow. it's totally inspiring. And every day I wake up now waiting for another email either asking me for help and advice as to how to transition or thanking me for the life change that these people have. That's unbelievable. Um, there are two, two other things that I want to touch on before we, we move on. And you're talking about educating the community, but I think that what I've learned, especially working here at the Physicians Committee, is that really what would be truly beneficial is if medical students, the future doctors, were actually taught more about nutrition because, as I understand it, nutrition is not a required course at all in order to get that doctorate. You're absolutely correct. And I'm an assistant uh, professor at um, Western University of Health Sciences in Lebanon, Oregon. It's the osteopathic medical school in Oregon. 
And I was hired a few years ago to, as a emergency medicine to run those, uh, that course and those classes. But I've transitioned into lifestyle medicine now, so I've been trying to promote that at the school. But let me tell you, the medical profession has been pretty resistant to this change. And so um, I, I, they do have a series called Nutrition in Medicine, which is an extracurricular activity for those students involved. And about maybe a third of the current class attends those uh, sessions. They're monthly. So I am giving a talk on fiber uh, this next month. Um, and so we, I am doing what I can to promote uh, healthy food choices for the students. They, they have my email. There have been several who have um, emailed me where I can help them make the changes. Uh, we go to health fairs and talk about this at the health fairs with them. So they're gradually getting the idea, but it's a slow process. The other thing I've been working on is the food services. The vending machines are filled with junk food and yes. sweet drinks that are are horrific, and I've approached the, uh, the leadership at the school, telling them something needs to be done. I've been doing this for a couple of years, and finally this last month, they actually approached the vendor, gave them a food list of healthy choices, which we helped submit with them, and we're waiting for a response from the vendor to actually make those changes. Now. Give me, give me a couple ex uh, of examples of the foods that you're requesting. So the foods we're requesting are something that uh, could be that no processed meats. <laughs> to be, uh, That's big. You know, we're basically following the AMA's uh, recent resolution. Uh, that was July or August of this year in which uh, they resolved, co-sponsored by the American College of Cardiology, that all U.S. hospitals should be serving plant-based meals, uh, low in fat, low in sodium, uh, no added sugar, and no processed meats. So what I'm, we're looking for is to have those vending companies take out all the processed meats, period, substitute things like edamame, substitute things like uh, maybe kale chips, substitute uh, having some uh, uh, hummus and garbanzo bean kind of uh, combination food choices. Uh, more fruits and vegetables, get rid of the candy bars, have nuts and uh, dried fruits, those sorts of choices that would really be healthy. Dr. Ross, I feel like I could talk to you all day. You are just a wealth of information and um, congratulations on your transformation and kudos to you for helping to change the lives of others and to spread the word. Well, thank you for having me on the program and we're gonna keep doing it till we don't have any breath left. Good man. Dr. Charlie Ross here on The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. You're listening to The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. I'm sitting across the table from Dr. Steve Niebuhr. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, appreciate you coming here today, talking about the immune system. And one of the best ways to boost your immune system is to give the show a follow on Twitter. This is a little known fact. This is a medical fact. Follow the show on Twitter at PCRM. You're a doctor, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, that's one of the first things they teach in medical school. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So uh, immune system. I mean, this is a, a big topic for people, not just, you know, in the fall and the winter, but right. all year round, because we're talking about more than just colds and flus. Really, what you eat um, can dramatically affect your risk of developing chronic diseases. I know cancer specifically is one that we focus on here at the Physicians Committee. Sure. Absolutely. That's that's certainly true. Uh, immunology and the immune system is its, it's its own big field, and so we'll try to break it down as much as possible today. Um, that said, I mean, specific to cancer, I mean, what is what is the link there between uh, produce, we'll just go yeah. fruits and vegetables all yeah. together, and, and cancer-fighting properties in the body? Yeah, that's, that's a great question and, and kind of a complicated answer, so let me see what I can do. So cancer cells are, are your own cells that have become abnormal. Normally, cells have a mechanism where they can divide, reproduce on their own, and do it to a certain extent, but not too much. So in cancer, either something changes where they divide too much and now they grow out of control, or the brakes don't work anymore. So your body can't stop them from dividing. Mm. Uh, and in those cases, they grow into tumors a lot of the times. That's how people come to know them. Something shows up on a CAT scan or an x-ray or something like that. But what really should happen is that when those cells become abnormal, your body's own immune system, so its own police officers that make sure everything is doing what it's supposed to do, uh, those cells that, that are the normal immune cells should go around and, and put an end to those precancerous cells before they turn into cancer. So uh, help those cells stop dividing. So help, uh, basically help those cells die on their own before they become cancer. Um, and, and the link with food is, uh, to put it simply, the antioxidants in food really give your body a boost in order to help the immune system. So uh, one way I tell my patients to think about it is if you or I or anyone goes out in the sun all day, eventually we're going to get sunburn and we're going to get skin cancer. But when you think about plants, they live their entire lives outside, right. or, or at least most of them do. Some we grow inside. But if we think of the ones that are outside, they don't end up with cancer. Even though the, the light from the sun does damage DNA, the plants have so many antioxidants that they're able to repair that damage from the DNA before it leads to abnormal growth of cells and, and cancer for the plants. So when we eat those plants, uh, specifically vegetables, the dark green leafy ones tend to have a lot of antioxidants, um, those antioxidants circulate throughout our body and give us some added protection and help try to find those abnormal cells uh, and, and stop them from reproducing and stop them from turning into cancer. You really break that down quite marvelously. <laughs> I'm sure that your patients love you, you know? <laughs> Thank you, you. You took that medical degree and, and you just kind of like simplified everything there, man. That is well done. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think the knowledge is, is almost pointless to an extent if you can't give it to other people. So I try to educate my patients as much as possible and to try to make them really understand what's going on in their bodies. And so when we're talking about that uh, link between nutrition and cancer, I mean, we're talking about more than a dozen forms of cancer, aren't we? Oh, yeah. I mean, I would imagine probably any form of cancer, really. Man, that's yeah. important. Man. Yeah, that's why yeah. you're listening to this podcast, right? Right, right. Um, of course, you know, then when people talk about the immune system, one of the first things also that pops into their mind is colds and flus. Yeah. And obviously, we we all know the link with yeah. nutrition there. Right. Uh, vitamin C, you were telling me there's an interesting thing here. Supplements or food? Yeah. Which yeah. is best? 
so, so the food is best, to put it simply. Uh, there was a study a number of years ago where they compared equal amounts of vitamin C, one from a pill, so just an over-the-counter, you buy it in a bottle, versus the same amount of vitamin C in uh, a citrus fruit, so say an orange or a grapefruit or something like that. And when they measured how active your immune system was after consuming each one of those, it was a lot more active after eating the fruit. So to put that another way, equal amounts of vitamin C are going to be better in the fruit or in the food than they are in the supplement form. So you'll get a, maybe a little bit of benefit from the supplement, but you're going to get a lot more benefit from the same amount of vitamin C if you consume it in a fruit. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, eat yeah, your oranges, yeah. boys and girls. Right, and they're tasty too. Uh, there are other foods that are high in vitamin C. Isn't broccoli high in C? Yeah, you know, I don't know the exact numbers on that, but vitamin C is found in a lot of foods. The ones we know specifically, or the ones that we think of, uh, are the citrus fruits. So your oranges, your clementines, grapefruit, uh, lemons, that kind of thing, you know, helps prevent scurvy also, right? That's if you scurvy. become a pirate. <laughs> the scurvy will get you. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's cool, man. But let's, there are other things here aside from nutrition. Let's just mm -hmm. take a, a little detour here, Doc. Sure. Um and let's talk about kind of environmental factors, because I know that there's a link between uh, your environmental factor and, and whether you have an overactive or an underactive immune system. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So the immune system, if you think of it kind of on a spectrum between, like you just said, overactive and underactive versus right where you want it at the, the sweet spot of activity. Um, if, it, if it's underactive, you're going to get sick a little bit more often. And there are certain genetic conditions and, and conditions that people are born with where their immune system doesn't work right. There's a, there's a missing piece or, or they're missing an enzyme or something like that. Uh, and they get a lot of infections. They get sick very often. Um, typically, people know about these because it affects very young children and newborns. So it's, it's not like any adults out there walking around with some undiagnosed uh, immune system disorder. They may be, but that would be very, very rare. Um, on the other end of it, if your immune system is overactive, uh, then you can end up with autoimmune diseases. So things like lupus, multiple sclerosis to some extent, um, certain other autoimmune diseases that, that we think about. So you want your immune system to have just the right amount of activity. So in order to keep it from being underactive, you need to give it what it needs. So your vitamins, your minerals, your nutrients, those are the, the raw materials for making the immune system work. Uh, I think of it, to use another analogy, I think of it kind of like a car. So you need the pieces of the car, right? You need the tires and the engine and the seats and all that stuff. And I think of those like the organs in our body. So you need your heart and your liver and your lungs and all, all those things. Uh, but then to make them work right, to go back to the car for another uh, second, you need the right oil, you need the right gas, you need the right fluids for whatever else is going on in there. And so for our bodies, those those right pieces and, and fluids uh, are really the foods that we're eating. So if we give our bodies what, what they need to work properly, then they're going to almost repay us in a sense by, by fighting off those infections, fighting off the bacteria, the viruses, and all that stuff. But they're not going to be overactive, and, and hopefully we're not going to develop autoimmune diseases. Uh, and if anyone out there already has an autoimmune disease that they're dealing with, we found that, that switching to a plant-based diet and cutting out some of the, the let's call it garbage that's in the, the standard American diet, making that kind of change can really help bring down that overactive immune system. So it can help get you back to that, that sweet spot. Um, but true or false, even if somebody is plant-based, has a really healthy diet, but they yeah. are just living in a super sterile environment, yeah. that, that is also problematic, right? Uh, it can be. I mean, they say, you know, when you're a child and your your immune system is growing, you need to be exposed to some dirt 
and some bacteria and things like that just to kind of almost teach your immune system what to do. You know, it would be like if you said, well, you're in the army, but we don't want you to ever be fighting anything, so we're not going to teach you how to fight. You know, your immune system needs to know how to fight. Like, that's its job. That's what it does. Um, but, you know, as far as adults, your immune system's probably already mostly developed at that point. Um, there's no there's no need really to go finding things that are going to make you sick, obviously. Uh, and I, and yeah, and I, I think to some extent getting sick is, is probably unavoidable. I, it, you'd be surprised. I see people in the office where they say, I'm vegan. I'm never supposed to get sick. And I said, well, I, I don't know about that. You know, it happens to the best of us sometimes. But I think you can bring the, the rate of getting sick down quite a bit. So you're not getting sick as often as you otherwise would. Yeah, I'm actually finding that for myself. It's yeah. like typically at this time of year, I you know, I would have had at least one cold. Right, one flu. right. I haven't had so much as a runny nose yet. Yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. I hope it hope it stays that way. Um, so let's let's put a cap on this segment, put a bow on it, and talk about some of the best fruits and vegetables that mm-hmm. we can eat um, sure. to help boost that immune system. I know that uh, the uh, the nice researchers here have put something together on PCRM.org that we yeah. call the Nutrition Rainbow, and and really they just went and they broke it down by color. I think what is there's yeah, about yeah. ten colors on here, everything from red to brown, green. Yeah green white white green there you, you know, go i mean it's really complex so go on pcrm.org and look uh look this up matter of fact pcrm.org slash podcast we're going to put a link off to this you can print it out it's beautiful yeah. it's in color it will guide you put um, it on your refrigerator that's right there you go. put it in your kid's lunchbox so that way they don't complain when you put fruits and vegetables <laughs> in there um so i mean Let's let's just start with uh, fruits here. Yeah. I mean, what are some of the best fruits that you see on here as far sure. as boosting the immune function? Well, I know we had a little uh, discussion on this before we started, but tomatoes, technically a fruit, right? Technically. Right? Technically. <laughs> so they, that's, that's what they say. I'm on the fence, man. I, I'm on the fence about this. Yeah, I don't really think of it as a fruit, but, no. you know, apparently it is. It has seeds in it, right? So. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, regardless of how you want to think of it, tomatoes are great. uh, Help out your immune system. They have lycopene in there, which is a pretty strong antioxidant. Um, And then just going, you know, even going down the list, uh, carrots are are fantastic. Sweet potatoes are also great. We mentioned the oranges, which, you know, citrus fruit is fantastic. Um, And then the dark green leafy vegetables are also really great. So the spinach and the kale and the broccoli. Um, and then we all think of berries, or a lot of people think of berries as antioxidants, and in fact they are. Some of the, the more potent antioxidant fruits out there are berries, so blueberries, blackberries. Um, really, though, I want to I say that I think really the best food is the one that you're going to eat regularly. Right. So uh, everyone has their own taste buds, and some people like things that others don't. So if you go down this list and you find something that you like, stick with it. You know, there's no... There's no problem with eating these things every day. If you tell me I love strawberries and I want to eat a box of strawberries every day, I would say more power to you. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, you know, for me to say you need to eat this fruit, you need to eat or this fruit. I think I just put fruit and food together into fruit. Um, but to <laughs> it's say, a thing, man. It's a thing. It is now. Uh, but to say you need to eat this certain vegetable or this certain fruit every single day, um, a lot of people don't really stick with that. And some people get kind of turned away by it. So I usually ask people what they like to eat. And if they tell me they like berries or they like spinach or whatever it is, I say, that's great. Go with it. Um, really anything on here is going to, going to help your immune system function. Right. So I guess I, you know, think back to childhood, the kid who doesn't want to eat its Brussels sprouts, you know, so the the kid's onto something as an adult, still don't eat those Brussels sprouts, but find something that does work for you. Right, right. Exactly. And if you like them, hey, 
like I said, more power to you. So we've got like what a, at least twenty on this list here. Uh, as a doctor, just yeah. your personal taste, man. Sure. What What are some of your favorites? Oh man, I love the citrus fruits. Anybody who works with me will tell you I eat a grapefruit pretty much every single day, uh, at least during the winter time when they're in season. Uh, and in the summertime, watermelon is my favorite. I'll I'll eat that every day. I think I would eat that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner if. Uh, were socially acceptable. <laughs> oh, it is. watermelon is a thing. I can't tell you. My wife, she's on TV, and I, I can't tell you how many segments she does with these chefs that come in, and they have these watermelon dishes. And yeah. every time yeah. it's something different. They're infusing different flavors in there. Like, have you ever put mint with your watermelon? I feel like I've probably had a drink with that at some point, maybe. But uh, how was that? I mean, that that just seems like a bizarre pairing to me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I think it was good, but it's it's been a long time. So <laughs> maybe maybe we'll try it again after. <laughs> all right, man. Well, look, uh, Doctor Niebuhr, thank you yeah. so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Again, all of this information is on pcrm.org/podcast. Check it out, print it out, and uh, be sure to stick around. More of the exam room brought to you by the Physicians Committee right after this. Welcome back to The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Vegan Immune System is the title of the show. Just spoke with Dr. Steve Niebuhr from upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center. And now sitting across from me is nurse practitioner Gretchen Housel. Gretchen, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. Now, I am going to pick your brain about the fat and oil connection with the immune system. Because one of the things that I didn't personally realize is that fats and oils actually do affect the immune system, correct? Right. Yeah, it's not something that's commonly known. Um, There was a study back in the 80s that showed that when we put people on a low-fat diet, and that was less than 30%, that there was actually increased activity of their natural killer cells. So um, that's definitely something that we see pan out a lot in um, our clinic upstairs. So people that are following good, healthy diets, minimally processed foods, so that includes oil. Oil doesn't get a pass as a processed (laughs) food. Um, People tend to do better. Um, Infectious diseases is obviously affected. Um, but also things like lower your lower your risk of cancer. So, yeah, I was just going to ask if that's what you were referring to when you said killer cells. That was the first thing that popped into my brain. Yeah, yeah, natural killer cells. They are they're helpful against um, protecting you from cancer, also some viruses and that sort of thing. So. Uh, I mean, as we tape this, it's wintertime, so colds and flus. I know a couple people around here have got the sniffles. It is. It it is cold and flu season. Um, I encourage everybody to get their flu shot and also to cover their cough, wash their hands, stay home from work if they're sick. But also it's a really good time to remind people to increase your fruits and vegetables. Can you tell she's a nurse practitioner? (laughs) Uh, So are there any fats and oils that are, I guess, better than some others that that would have less of an impact there? Sometimes um, people tend to put olive oil, coconut oil on this pedestal of health. Mm -hmm. Um, We lump them all, honestly, together as processed foods. They're on a per tablespoon basis. They're all about 100, 120 calories per tablespoon. And it's just purely 100% fat. They've stripped out all the vitamins, minerals, um, all sorts of really good things for you. And all you're left with is is the fat, Um, particularly for health. um, We know that heart disease is a real big problem in the United States. Obviously, about 2,000 people die every single day from heart disease. It's a 9-11 every day, right? Yeah. Um, and coconut oil is the highest in saturated fat. It's about 90% saturated fat, 
even lard from an animal is only about 40% saturated fat. Wow. So coconut oil, I, I don't know why it's got such a, a good reputation on the street, but it's definitely not so. Yeah, I, yeah, because you hear about olive oil being heart healthy and coconut oil yeah. essentially, you know, curing the world's problems yeah. recently. It seems like yeah, coconut oil kind of came out of nowhere as far as I'm concerned and became yeah. like this huge fad. So I have no idea where these things start. But it's it's really interesting that you're kind of saying whatever health benefits that they may contain, it's, you know, not enough to negate the bigger picture here. yeah yeah absolutely um and we've whatever was good in the fruit itself so you know for example of an olive oil um if you have an olive itself there's if you eat a serving of olives it has calcium iron vitamin a all sorts of really great stuff once you make it into an oil you've stripped out all that really good nutrition and so we say you know if you're gonna if you want the benefits of olives eat the olives not the not the oil so uh Everything's lumped together. There's not necessarily one that's really worse than another. As far as the immune system, um, I don't think you can make any sort of statement. Gotcha. Um, we encourage everybody to keep oils to a minimum, if not just completely avoid them is honestly the best way to go. So when a patient first walks in and they're not really super familiar with the plant-based diet yeah. and you're kind of baby-stepping them yeah. along and they're used to cooking with oils, you know, doesn't, you know, right. things don't stick. Right. I, I need right. to use that oil in there. You know, how do you baby-step them? Yeah, be, do you recommend that they just cut it out completely right away or yeah. wean off? It depends on the patient and what they're willing to do. Um, I think a really good step is to hear where they're using oil in their kitchen. So a lot of people are just using it because things don't stick. That's mm -hmm. great. Um, and then other times people are using it for salad dressings. So it kind of helps to figure out what exactly they're using it for um, and take it from there. Now, I know that you work uh, with a lot of talented dietitians up there yes. that can whip up some fancy things in the oh, kitchen. Oh, yes. We have a, a list of recipes, uh, oil-free salad dressings, and their various recipes. Um, you know, things like balsamic vinegar, mustard, uh, often some sort of sweetener in there, um, a lot of just herbs and spices. I believe a lot of that uh, those recipes are up there on the 21-day Kickstart program. Yes, yes, they probably are. Tons and tons of stuff there. And, you know, they're scattered all over the PCRM.org website. I mean, it's really, really incredible. You need not search any further than uh, right there. I mean, right. seriously, hundreds of recipes. Right. Do you do a lot of cooking? I do a fair amount, yes. I, I feed my family. Okay. <laughs> so uh, were you, have you always been plant-based and oil-free? Um, I focus more on the oil-free, only since I've been here, really realizing how much um, fats have a particularly bad effect on people's health, things like diabetes and high blood pressure and that sort of thing. Um, but no, I haven't always been plant-based. I'd say that I started probably like in 2011 is mm -hmm. probably where you could say. It's hard to say day one. Yeah. Um, but I think it was around 2011, yeah. Did you find it difficult, I guess, when you first then started to eliminate oil from your diet? Was that a difficult transition for you? Um, it's always an experimentation. Even to this day, I mean, there are times where I'll try to cook something without oil, and it doesn't quite work. <laughs> and so um, every day is, you know, you're just doing a little bit of experimenting. It's always a learning process. Yeah. Uh, big question before I let you go then. Oil, let's, let's just keep this with cold and flu. You are less likely to become sick over the winter if you do not have oil in your diet. True or false? 
It certainly helps. Get get you to go true or false? <laughs> Not going to go one hundred percent on something. It certainly helps. Um, it does definitely following a healthful whole foods plant based diet, minimally processed foods will help protect you from the cold and flu. Gotcha. Now you are on the Instagram. Uh, you were telling me that uh, you you post a lot about healthy foods. Yeah, yeah. Very simple. Like I said, I just feed my family the basics. You know, I. I like to promote the phrase beans, greens, and a grain to make a meal. Beans, greens, and a grain, and then you snack on fruit. So just very easy things. You know, open up a can of beans, rinse off the salt, brown rice, throw in some kale and other greens, um, and call that a meal. That so sounds pretty good to me. It's just basics. Got to <laughs> make it day to day. Right on. So that's Gretchen E. Housel on the, uh, on the Instagram. That's H-O-U-S-E-L. Housel. Gretchen yeah. E. Thank yeah. you very much for your time. I Thanks appreciate for having it. me. It was fun. You're listening to The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Time to get delicious here on The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. The immune system, that is the focus of this here episode. I'm the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, on Twitter, at Chuck Carroll, WLC, with two R's and two L's. The show also at PCRM. If you're a social media person, go ahead and give us a couple of follows if you would be so kind. So... The 21-Day Vegan Kickstart Program, we talked about that in the last episode. I like it so much that I wanted to bring back Jill Eckhart. She is a health coach and our managing director of nutrition upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center. Jill, hello. Glad to be here. It is uh, just such a pleasure to have you back on the program. Now, mornings, chaotic. Everybody's rushing out the door. It's grab a shower, grab your clothes, grab your bags and go. And what do they often skip? Breakfast. The most important meal of the day. So we've got you covered here. What do we have? We have our green goddess smoothie, also known as the Shrek smoothie. So easy to make, delicious. Just a few ingredients, whip it up on the go. Why do you call it the Shrek smoothie? It's green, and uh, sometimes youngins are a little turned off by the green smoothie. So we dress it up with a fun name, and before you know it, they taste it. It's so sweet and delicious that they've forgotten it's green. That's awesome. <laughs> that would have worked. You know, when I was a kid, if somebody would have called that the Slimer from Ghostbusters, I would have been all over it. Oh, I'm going to start using that if you don't mind, Chuck. By all means, <laughs> tell your friends, drink the Slimer. Say what? Uh, anyway, so the Green Goddess smoothie, what is in it, Jill? Okay, so you start with an orange, pear, grapes, green grapes, banana, little bit of your favorite non-dairy milk so mine is almond milk but you might like soy milk rice milk hemp milk oat milk the gamut <laughs> um, kale or spinach you choose either is fine some ice and that literally is it that's it throw it in a blender and that's pretty much it yep 8.4 grams of fiber later and you are ready for a great morning. Yeah, so let's look at this. I mean, I've got the nutrition breakdown in front of me. Uh, 231 calories, that's pretty low for breakfast. And chock full of fruits and vegetables, so you're going to be feeling good there. Chock full of fiber, that's also good. Even have some protein in there. People think like you just can't get enough protein on this vegan diet. And ladies and gentlemen, there is absolutely zero meat or dairy product in this, and you still get uh, 6.4 grams of protein. Jill? Well, some people 
um, don't even know that fruits and vegetables have protein. And, you know, think about broccoli, for instance, a third of its calories come from protein. So it's good to set the record straight on that. You're going to be meeting all of your needs following a plant-based diet. And this dish just puts you in such a great place with your immune system. You can't get better than uh, fruits and veggies and all the colors that you're going to get in this in this smoothie. And here's the cool thing uh, with this show being all about the immune system. You also look at the vitamin C content and it's through the roof. How much is in there? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Good question. Lots and lots of stuff. You're going to get your vitamin C from your orange here and uh, from also your greens. So we've got lots of boosters in there. Look, uh, 66 milligrams of vitamin C. That's a lot. You know, wow, that's going to pick you up and make you feel good. Love it. You drink that love every it, day. You'll never get a cold in your life. I'm dead serious. <laughs> uh, real quick before we wrap this up, uh, by the way, you can check out this recipe, pcrm.org slash podcast. Uh, we, I, I got to ask you, there is a program coming up in the D.C. area I'm very excited about. And I assume that we'll be teaching people uh, how to make recipes such as this. And the program is Vegan This. So 30 seconds. Tell us about it. Oh, you aren't going to want to miss this. We have a wonderful program put together to introduce people to vegan diets, help people stick with it. We're going to have resources and education and speakers and exhibitors. Um, we're going to be at Woodrow Wilson High School once a month coming together. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, you, you won't want to miss it. I believe it's free. It is free. And uh, bring all your friends. We've got room for everyone. Um, there will be samples there of delicious food and just lots of good good energy, lots of people to meet, and uh, you'll walk away with, with definitely learning uh, more than a thing or two. Yeah, and that's the cool thing. So it's like when, when you say the title, you have to say it with a little bit of an attitude. It's like, vegan this. You that's know? right. Yeah, somebody Absolutely. asks you, like, well, why do you want to go on a vegan diet? Your, your answer is, vegan this, you know? That's yeah. what it means. Yeah, I always think that, you know, looking at this transition as an adventure, having fun with it, you know, this is not about uh, deprivation, but let's have an adventure and let's do it together. Um, come and learn. Uh, give the gift of health uh, this season and bring your friends and family with you. Um, so do it as a community. Yeah, and I would suggest even if you are a, a longtime vegan, this would be a great kind of immersion, if you will, for uh, somebody in your life that is considering going plant-based. Maybe they're a little bit skeptical, and we can help answer a lot of their questions. Uh, Jill Eckhart, thank you so much for joining us. Again, the Green Goddess Smoothie, that is day nine on the PCRM 21-day kickstart program. You're listening to The Exam Room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Well, there you have it. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. And before we go, let me share a quick tip. You know, sometimes people think, well, I need a cholesterol-lowering diet or I need a diet to help me with my blood pressure or something to help me lose weight. But you know what? One kind of diet change helps all of those things. And when we really put it all together, it's vegetables and fruits and whole grains and beans, those healthy plant-based foods. And keep the fat really low, too, because... We've been talking about immunity. Those white blood cells that are there to gobble up the viruses and bacteria and attack the cancer cells, they can't work in an oil slick. So vegan diet, keep the fat low, and in the process... 
because you're avoiding all the fat, you're avoiding the fat calories, your weight is better. And you're avoiding the fat that could drive up cholesterol, so your cholesterol is better. You don't need six different diets, you just need one. Healthy, plant-based diet, keep the fats low, and off you go. Thanks for joining us.